quick, guys. I don't want to keep, keep you too terribly late. Um, so let's pray and pray for me that I get through this quick. Elohei Avraham, Elohei Yitzhak, Elohei Yaakov, B'Shem Yeshua, Mishikenu. God of Abraham, God of Isaac, and God of Jacob, God of Yeshua, our Messiah, we bless you, we thank you. Abba, we pray that you would speak to our hearts and change our lives, Lord, by your goodness and in your grace. And we ask it in Yeshua's name. Amen. Pray this after me. Avinu Malkenu, our Father and our King, give me eyes to see, ears to hear, a heart to perceive, and the will to obey the word I hear today in Yeshua's name. Amen. Amen. It's good to see everyone. Baruch Hashem. Chag Sameach. Um, it's harvest time. Shavuot. Um, God is infinite in his wisdom. That he gives Moedims, appointed seasons for us. And they are perfectly on time. And so we need to not only participate with our whole heart, but receive what God has for us tonight. Now that Shavuot has fully come, I'm going to speak about the word of God as revealed in the Besorah of Yeshua and receiving the infilling of the Ruach HaKodesh. That is what empowers us to be fruitful for the kingdom of God. How many of us want to be fruitful for the kingdom of God? Because we talk about harvest, and harvest is about fruitfulness. There's no farmer on the planet that wants to spend time sowing seed and crops only to go out and find nothing, right, to harvest. And so fruitfulness is very, very important. The foundation of this holiday of Shavuot is Pesach, our freedom, our freedom from bondage, correct? Adonai did not just bring us out of Egypt. He gave us something at Sinai. He gave us the Torah. He gave us his word. And 2,000 years ago, he fulfilled the promise of Yoel and gave us his Ruach. Because you, do you realize that the Torah without the Ruach, okay, is not effective, right? It's the Torah plus the Ruach that is powerful and effective in our lives and in the lives of those that God wants to touch and change. Pesach put into motion the harvest to come through the redeemed and empowered people that God called. That's you and I. God using the natural order of things to bring to light spiritual truth because Adonai was always concerned with the harvest of souls, the souls of men, just like he is today, right? That Israel, right, would be, he raised up a nation to be a light of salvation to the nations of the earth because God cares for people. God loves you. God loves your family. And that's why even in a season of harvest, how many people realize that you have to eat, <laughs> right, to survive? And so God gives rain. God gives the harvest because of his great love for humanity. In Acts chapter 2, it says that the festival of Shavuot arrived. 
and the believers all gathered together in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from the sky like the roar of a violent wind. Picture that. Suddenly it came, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then they saw something. And it looked like tongues of fire which separated and came to rest on each one of them. And they were filled with the Ruach HaKodesh and began to talk in different languages as the Spirit enabled them to speak. I want to read Philo's description of God's word at Sinai. This is Philo, Jewish historian, said this about the giving of the Torah at Sinai. Then from the midst of the fire that streamed from heaven, there sounded forth to their utter amazement a voice. For the flame became articulate speech in the language familiar to the audience. And so clearly and distinctly were the words formed by it that they seemed to see them rather than hear them. So similar, right, to Acts chapter 2. They saw the fire of the tongues of fire that became articulate speech. That men could understand what was God about to do. He was about to articulate the best news that humankind has ever heard and will ever hear. The good news of Yeshua, the Messiah. That God would come to the lost sheep of the house of Israel and also to the nations of the earth to bring salvation. In Yochanan 10.16, Yeshua said this, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. And so we are instructed to bring two leavened loaves to wave before Adonai. Carol, could you come and grab those two loaves? These loaves represent Jew and Gentile. Who are not without sin, right? The Messiah at Pesach was the unleavened bread, but here two loaves of leavened bread representing sinful man, Jew and Gentile, not without sin, but yet to be waved before the Lord. Not without sin, but redeemed by the blood of the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That God would do something wonderful and do something powerful for mankind. This, you could put them down now. I really wanted to wave them before the Lord. That's what we're instructed to do. So you can go ahead and wave them. This further fulfills Israel's mission to be a light of salvation to the nations of the earth. To do that, he empowered our Jewish people right there in Acts chapter 2 with power to preach the good news. Power that the Shavuot harvest would begin to come in. Power to see the nations begin to turn. I don't know, with the, the nations that you see today, and we see some horrible things, don't we, when we look at the nations of the, of the earth. 
We see Iran with launching, you know, ballistic missiles with, you know, death to Israel on them. Pretty horrible things. But I want to tell you that the nations back 2,000 years ago were even nastier. They were pagan as pagan could get. And yet God was able through the power of the Ruach HaKodesh empower men and women to reach those cold and dark hearts. And the God that did it 2,000 years ago could do it again today. Do you believe that? I believe it. And I believe we are on the precipice of God pouring out his spirit like never before. You see, Shavuot is the harvest rooted in the good news of Yeshua's atoning death, burial, and resurrection. I want to read to you a passage right here in 1 Corinthians 15. Now I make known to you, brothers and sisters, the good news which I proclaim to you. You also received it and you took your stand on it. And by it you are being saved if you hold firm to the word I proclaim to you, unless you believed without proper consideration. For I also passed on to you first of all what I also received, that Messiah died for our sins according to the Scriptures. I want to say this briefly. If you have never gotten the revelation that Yeshua, the Messiah, died for your sins, then you are still in your sin. The Messiah came, the Jewish Messiah of Israel, came and laid down his life, and his body was murdered for our sins. And he died for our sins And this was all God's plan according to the scriptures. And he was buried. That he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to over 500 brothers and sisters at one time. Most of them are still alive at the writing. This is about 40 years after the resurrection. This passage in Corinthians is being written, and they were alive, most of them at that time. He said, though some have died. Then he appeared to Yaakov and then to the emissaries, and last of all, as to one untimely born, he also appeared to me. We have three basic components of the Besorah that Yeshua died for our sins. He was buried and hidden away, right? Just like at Pesach when we hide away that broken matzah, we wrap it and hidden away so Messiah's body was hidden. But it didn't stay hidden, didn't? He didn't just die for our sins. He was raised to life by the supernatural power of a living God. That's what sets us apart from everyone else. We serve the living God. Right, who has resurrection life to give every single person who puts their trust in him. Friends, that Shavuot is about the word of the Lord going forth from Jerusalem. That's what it did in Acts chapter 2. It began to go forth from Jerusalem, the word of the Lord that came at Sinai, then came in the form of the Messiah. The word became flesh and dwelt among them. And then the word empowered his people to go forth and tell this great news to all mankind that they don't have to perish in their sin, but they could serve the living God and be set free. 
if you're interested. <laughs> he says that all this happened according to the scriptures. Do you know what scriptures those are, by the way? You do now because they're on the, on the board. <laughs> Yeshiyahu 53, 8 through 10, Tehillim 16, 10 through 11, Tehillim 22, 15 and 16, Hoshea 6 and 2, Daniel 9, 24, just to name a few. It says in Vayikra concerning Shavuot that you are to bring the Omer of first fruits. Remember Rabbi Carroll said it, to tie a string around the first fruits of your harvest to the Kohen. He is to wave the Omer before Adonai. That first fruits. Shaul talking about the resurrection of Messiah says, but the fact is that the Messiah has been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those who have died. For since death came through a man, also the resurrection of the dead has come through a man. For just as in connection with Adam all die, so in connection with the Messiah all, say all, are made alive. And here's my simple first point to you, that if you are in this room and have never put your faith and trust in the living word of God, that the God of Israel sent through the Messiah and have never trusted in him. You could do that tonight. Because if you haven't done that, you are lost and separated from God. Your sin has separated you from God. But here's the good news, and that's why it's called good news. That God did everything needed to make sure that you can have a relationship with the God of heaven. He sent the Jewish Messiah to hang on a tree, to be humiliated, beaten, broken, and bruised so you could have eternal life. If you've never done that, tonight is the night to do it. I want us to pray a prayer. But it's not about praying a prayer. It's about making a commitment. If you want your sins atoned for, you need to put your trust in Yeshua. He paid the penalty in full for our sins. Sins, matter of fact, Kepha says, there is only one name under heaven by which men can call upon to be saved. One name. Yeshua HaMashiach. If you have not called on his name to find salvation, tonight is your night. Because before we could go any further and celebrate a harvest, we must be part of God's family. So pray with me, Lord Yeshua. I repent of my sin. Forgive me for my wickedness, for my evil. Wash me with your precious blood. I accept And I believe in the atoning work of the Messiah. What he did for me by dying on the tree. And I receive his atonement. I receive his forgiveness. I receive his power. In Yeshua's name, amen. Now that's just a prayer. But if you believe that in your heart, it's transforming. If you believe it in your heart, it will transform your life.
You see, this is the message God's want, God wants to tell the Jew first and also the nations of the world. But in order to do that, we must first accept that message. Cephas said to them, turn from sin, return to God, and each of you be immersed on the authority of Yeshua the Messiah into the forgiveness of your sins. And that's the immersion of believing in Yeshua. There's three immersions mentioned in Scripture. Immersion immersion into salvation or into believing Yeshua. Immersion in water and the immersion of the Ruach HaKodesh. Because he says then, and this is my second point, you will receive the empowerment of the Ruach HaKodesh. Say empowerment. Empowerment. The the reason some believers struggle to live a a victorious life in Messiah, and if you're out there and you're struggling, and you know the people, they can't ever just get get on top of life. They're always beat up. And be, I want to tell you, there are the, the three immersions, you could just get along with one, and we know that's true. Remember the tree, the thief on the tree next to Yeshua? He only believed in Yeshua. And Yeshua said to him, Today you will be with me in paradise. But he was on a tree, he wasn't getting down, and he didn't really need to live a life of victory because his life was over. But he was heaven-bound, Baruch Hashem. That's all we need is to believe on Yeshua. But unless you're hanging on the tree next to Yeshua, you need to be immersed in water. And I hope you have been immersed in water. And if you haven't, we can fill up the tank and immerse you whenever. And it's a wonderful thing to get immersed into water as a testimony of the sanctifying life that Yeshua brings to us. But there's also that third immersion, which is the infilling of the Ruach. And the infilling of the Ruach is for one purpose and one purpose only, to empower your life that you can live victoriously as a witness to the Messiah. See, we are soft as people. Realize in that first century, to believe in Yeshua meant that you might be fed to lions. You might be used as entertainment for the Romans. They might throw you into the arena and watch lions chase you and maul you and tear you to pieces right in front of a whole crowd. Isn't that weird? It's a bizarre thought, but yet they did it. So think of the courage it would take to be a believer in that day. You would need so much courage. Matter of fact, you would need more courage than anyone could really muster. You would need an empowerment that is supernatural, super, above our natural ability. But guess what? In our world today, we still need that supernatural empowerment to be able to reach lost man who thinks that they are the pinnacle of God's creation, men who think that they don't need God, men who think that science is the top of the food chain, when in fact God is the top of the food chain. And how do you reach people unless you are empowered to reach them? How do you live victoriously over sin where it floods into our eye gate and our ear gate and our homes every single day that we live unless you are empowered 
by the Spirit of God to live supernaturally above our natural ability to do it. God promised a supernatural empowerment. Some people take advantage of it. Others pass. They say, I don't want that. It sounds scary. After all, a violent mighty wind and tongues of fire. But it's not scary. It's God's love empowering us to live a victorious light in a dark world. Are you guys with me? Yeshua said this in Acts, well, let me finish what I started. Yeshua said in Acts 1, but you will receive power. And that's why if you want it, you can receive power tonight. How do I, Rabbi, how could you be confident? Because the Bible says you will. Say, I will. Receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. There's no question in my mind, you won't maybe receive power. You will receive power because God promised it. You will receive power when the Ruach HaKodesh comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and through all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. In Acts 2.39, to finish. So after we repent and turn from sin and accept Yeshua, Cephas says this, and this is important. He said, you will receive. After you repent and turn from your sin, he said, you will receive the gift of the Ruach HaKodesh. He didn't say you might receive it. He said you will receive it. You will receive the gift because you need this gift. To be able to face the challenges of life, you will receive it, the gift of the Ruach HaKodesh. The Ruach HaKodesh is our helper. Do you know our kids need a helper in the schools they go to today? Do you know believers all throughout the world need the helper to be able to live a victorious life? Matthew 3, 11, it says, it's true that I, and this is Yochanan the Immerser, that it is true that I am immersing you in water so that you might turn from sin to God, but the one coming after me is more powerful than I. I'm not worthy even to carry his sandals, and he will immerse you, submerge you, dunk you in the Ruach HaKodesh and in fire. Remember we said, sing the fire? People think that's strange too, but Yeshua said that I will immerse you in the fire of God. What does that mean? Uh, What's the fire? Is it a fire that consumes us? No, it's like the fire in the burning bush. The bush was burning, yet it didn't consume the bush. But the, the bush was on fire, filled with the life of heaven, filled with passion for God and the things of heaven, and not enticed by the things of this earth. There's too many believers that live too dangerously close to the enticements of sin. And like Lot, remember Lot? He leaves Abraham and he's in, good, he's in pretty good standing. And the next time we see Lot, he's outside of Sodom. 
And then a few, chapter la- few chapters later, he's not outside Sodom, he's in Sodom. Closer and closer drawn into sin. We need to be immersed in the fire of heaven so we can live this world in white, not enticed by sin, not desirous to participate in sin, but desirous to rescue people from sin, to help people get out of the messes that sin has caused in their life. Friends, look at me. Sin is as destructive, 100 times more, a million times more destructive than cancer, than any cancer could ever be. Sin rots the human soul. And God wants to empower us to rescue people from that. And then in Luke 24, he says, Now I am sending forth upon you what my father promised. So stay here in the city until you have been equipped with power from above. He led them out toward Beit Anah, and raising his hands, he said the bracha over them. And as he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. See, before Yeshua left, he said, I'm going to empower you so you can live a victorious life and tell others about me. Do you know when Yeshua called you and he called me? We have that same charge to go live our lives and tell others about him. How have we been doing? I'll tell you what, you can't do it without the power from on high. Acts 1.5, Yochanan used to immerse people in water, but in a few days you will be immersed in the Ruach HaKodesh. And then in Acts 2, they saw what looked like tongues of fire, which separated and came to rest on each of them. They were filled. The promise was fulfilled. God said it, Yeshua said it, and they received it. If you're in this room and you've only been immersed into the name of Yeshua and salvation, and perhaps you've been immersed into water, awesome. But there is that third element that you need, that immersion in the Ruach to live a victorious life. A victorious life, friends, we have in our society, in believing society, we have families, believing families that are disaster, believing marriages that are disaster, We have all sorts of turmoil, believers beat up every which way but loose. Why? Because they don't have the power that they need. And the truth is, there's only one thing required to get that power, the power of the Ruach. And he simply says this, all you have to do, three simple things, and then we're going to pray. Ask, say ask, believe, and receive. Three things. You need to ask, believe, and receive. Luke 11 says this, for everyone, say everyone. Are you part of everyone? Everyone who goes on asking receives. That's what it says. I didn't make it up. I'm not using hyperbole. Everyone who goes on asking receives. And he who goes on seeking 
finds. And to him who continues knocking, the door will be opened. That's what the word says. If you ask and seek and knock, you will get that which you ask of God. Period. Okay? And then he compares it. Is there any father here? Maybe we can make a show of hands. Is there any father here? If his son asks for a fish, we'll give him a snake. Any father here? Any takers? If your son asks for food, you're going to give him a snake? No. Of course not. And neither will your father in heaven. Right? But yet he will give you the Holy Spirit if you ask him. He will, it says. Right? He says he will. So even you, even though you are bad, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father keep giving the Ruach HaKodesh from heaven to those who keep asking him? He will. And you need to be confident in that. You know, to ask is all about talking to God about the Ruach HaKodesh, but it assumes that we have a desire for the Ruach HaKodesh. If you treat the Ruach HaKodesh as a side dish, a take-it-or-leave-it part of your walk with the Lord, oh, be nice if I had it, but... And listen, and don't be scared away. Can I tell you? As a spirit-filled messianic rabbi, there are some weird hombres out there in the name of spirit-filledness. There are some weird hombres out there. (laughs) Granted. But you can't let the weird hombres, the, the weird people who do weird things, detract us from the authentic, genuine power of heaven that God gives us to live a victorious life. I just put that out there. You, Like you, I want the authentic power of the living God so I can live a victorious life and not an anemic life of faith. Amen? The second thing we're told to do is believe. Friends, I can't stress this enough. Can I tell you something I sense? in the body of Messiah in general. And I noticed it recently. You know what we do in our house? In our house, we're praying and fasting and (laughs) believing God and listening to the Bible like copious amounts of the word of God and watching shows about the heavenly life and seeking heaven in my house. So encouraging. I, I, I come up my stairs. I say, Who, who's, that? Who's, that, who's that guy praying? It's my son. Pacing around his room. And know what he's, know what he's praying for? You. He's praying for you. And I'm like, pretty cool. We're seeking heaven in my house. And can I tell you, when I walk in my house, I feel like I could slay the giant. There's not a lot of doubt and unbelief in my house. But can I tell you, 
that there is a lot of doubt and unbelief in the world and there's a lot of doubt and unbelief in the kingdom of God. The people of God have succumbed, have conformed to a life of doubt and unbelief. So they live with things that God never intended them to live with because they, they just can't believe God for it. Can I tell you, there's not one single solitary thing in your life that God can't overcome and give you victory in. Not a sickness, not a disease, not a relational problem, not a marriage problem, not a financial problem. There is not one single problem that you could think of or have that God can intervene on your behalf because my Bible says all things are possible, all things, not just all things that are written in the Word, all things, things that aren't written in the Word, things that He just might want to do for you because... Joe, he likes you. And he just might want to do something that's not in the word for you. And all things are possible for those that believe. Now, but do you hear what that, the, the criteria is? Those that believe. Are you, you have to decide, are you a believer? Are you a believer? And that's a decision. When I came to faith, I decided that I'm going to believe God, period. Do you know people that have believed God that would shame us? How about Nebuchadnezzar? Right? Who believed and said that the God of Daniel, right, is the living God. And yet believers can't believe God for the things that he plainly promised us. I want to encourage you to start to believe God again. Believe is about understanding with your mind and believing in your heart that God wants to give you the ruach without measure based on the promise in scripture. Quickly, I want to read this. Then I have one more point and we're going to pray. And I, you, I want you to decide as you're sitting there whether you're going to believe God or not. Whether you're hungry for God or not. Hungry for the gift of the ruach. While Apollos was in Corinth... Shaul completed his travels through the inland country and arrived at Ephesus where he found a few Talmudim. He asked them, this is the question, did you receive the Ruach HaKodesh when you came to trust? No, they said to him, we have never even heard that there is such a thing as a Ruach HaKodesh. In that case, he said, into what were you immersed? The immersion of Yochanan, they answered. Shaul said, Yochanan practiced an immersion in connection with turning from sin to God. But he told the people to put their trust in the one who would come after him, that is, in Yeshua. On hearing this, they were immersed into the name of the Lord Yeshua. Right? The first immersion. And when Shaul, and they were also immersed in water, and when Yeshua'ul placed his hands on them, the Ruach HaKodesh came upon them, so they began to speak in tongues and prophesying. In all, there were about 12 of these men. So they didn't even know it. They were believers, but they didn't even know that there was a Ruach HaKodesh. But when they found out that there was a Holy Spirit, they believed in him. That's how we need to be. Soon as we believe, soon as we find out in the word that God says we could have it, we should 
go get it. If he says I could have it, I want it. If I said to you, there's $100 in my pocket that I'll give to the first one up here, you think someone would come? See, you guys had your chance. I was ready to give out money before. If you didn't bring an offering, I told my wife. I told my wife, listen to me. I said, I don't want anyone in the congregation to miss out on a blessing. So if you didn't have an offering, I'm, I was going to give you money. Now it's your money because after I give it, it becomes your money. <laughs> so you could get blessed by God. So, so far we have that we must ask from God and have a genuine desire. We must believe in the promise that God gives the Ruach. And lastly, we have to receive. How do you receive something? Kepha answered them and he said, Turn from sin, return to God, and each of you will be immersed. Each of you will be immersed on the authority of Yeshua the Messiah into the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Ruach HaKodesh. Say, I will receive. receive. That's biblical. You just said a biblical statement. Say, I will receive the Ruach HaKodesh. You are Bible-believing people. Say, I will receive the gift of the Ruach HaKodesh. You agree with the word. You just came into agreement with the word of God. To receive the Ruach HaKodesh as per Yeshua's exhortation to us, we must be open to God's power working in us and through our lives. Before you say that you're on board with that, understand what that entails. That entails you yielding. Yielding to God and his leading, which might take us out of our comfort zone. God's a supernatural God, correct? I told this story recently. I'll just tell it real, real briefly. I was praying the glory of God came on, came on me. Glory means, right, kavod means weightiness. It was so heavy, I felt like there was a 10-ton truck on me. And I went from standing to kneeling to laying face down on the ground, and I felt a weight like I was being pushed through the floor, yet it didn't hurt. It felt glorious. It was God's presence. But in my mind, I'm thinking, when I get up, if I can get up, because it was so, I was so stuck to the ground, am I going to see something? <laughs> am I going to see, you know, an angel or, ah, something, you know. Then you, you start to think, wow, that'd be pretty freaky cool but freaky to see something supernatural and sometimes we're afraid of the supernatural God is, can can we learn this about God, he's good good, he loves us doesn't scare us, doesn't hurt us doesn't harm us, he's not weird, (laughs) he's not weird he's just great and his power is soothing and wonderful and refreshing, and invigorating, and necessary. And you need to be ready that, yeah, it may be something you've never experienced before, but it's going to be great. 
because our God is a great God. But does entail yielding. When I felt the glory of God come upon me, I didn't fight it. I didn't say, I'm going to stand. And God didn't have to, to force me to my knees and force me to the ground. I just felt his wonderful presence come upon me, and I yielded to that. And it was a great thing. You see, if you want to either receive for the first time or if you want more of the Ruach, in a minute I'm going to ask you to come forward. But here's the key to all of this. I don't want you to to come up for something that you don't want. I'll just say that right off the bat. If this is not for you, I don't want you to come because you won't get it anyway. Because God knows our heart. And this is what the scripture says. Hear this. Luke 6.21. How blessed are you who are hungry. For you will be filled. This is a principle. And you will be filled with the thing you're hungry for. If you're hungry for the world. You will be filled with the world. If you're hungry for success. You'll be fulfilled with success. If you're hungry for the Ruach. And for the things of God. You'll be filled with the Ruach and the things of God. The things that we're hungry for are the things that we tend to get. And so, if you want this promise from God, and the reason, by the way, we need to be continually filled, in Ephesians, the tense is continuous to be being filled. It's a continual tense that we need constant filling. Why is that? Because even though there is one immersion in the Ruach HaKodesh, there are many infillings. Why are there many infillings? Remember Yeshua when he's walking in the, and the woman touched his seat seat? What do you say? Power went out from me. And every time we resist temptation, the power of the Holy Spirit goes out from us. We leak power. To live a life of righteousness in a dark world. And we need to be refilled continually. Not just one time, continually filled and refilled and being filled so we can live a victorious life. So though there is one immersion, there are many infillings of the Ruach HaKodesh. So if in this room you never received the infilling of the Ruach HaKodesh with the evidence of speaking in tongues... I want you to come up. Jim's going to put on some ministry music and stand to my left. And first, I want the ministry team to come up, please. And I want you to come and stand to my left. And they will pray that you will receive the infilling of the Ruach HaKodesh. And you will receive the infilling of the Ruach HaKodesh. (laughs) If you have received that immersion in the Ruach HaKodesh, but... You want to be infilled again because we leak the power of God and you need a fresh touch continually of God. Do you just seek God once in your life? No, it's continually. We go after God every day, seek his face. If you want more, we want you to come over to the right side, to my right, and the folks will pray for you. So Jim's going to put on music and we're going to minister to those that want. Listen to me. 
Shaul said it best. I wish you all spoke in tongues. Right? That's what he said. But that's up to you. Your desire is up to you. You need to want everything God has for you. If you want it, I'm going to ask you to stand up and come forward. Jim? Or if you want a touch from God, we want you to come. Yeah. My wife just, I'm going to tell you one quick story as you come. It's my who you hire story. Because <laughs> when you hear people pray in the spirit, you think, boy, that's nonsense. And a woman had a next door neighbor. And she was not from a spirit-filled background, but eventually did get connected to a spirit-filled congregation and received the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And from time to time, she would say this, Huyahaya. And the woman, who's a little eccentric herself, thought she was strange. Huyahaya. Just do Huyahaya. Randomly. And she made fun of her in a, in a, in a, in a, in a nice way. I said, that's goofy. One day she was ministering overseas and the minister gets up and it was in a language that she was unfamiliar with, stands up and says, guess what? And she almost fell to the ground because for years she's been making fun of this lady, thinking she's a little strange. And what means in that language is he's alive. And she's been saying over and over again that he's alive, he's alive, he's alive. And her next-door neighbor thought she was a wackadoodle. So when you hear people pray in a language you don't understand, or if you get a language that you don't understand, trust God gave you what you asked for, the Holy Spirit. So come forward, receive prayer. You can just come on up. These folks are waiting to pray. They're not going to spend an hour on you. They're just going to pray for you and believe God for you, with you. God loves you. God wants to bless you. You hear that? God loves you. God wants to bless you. God is for you. God wants to give you his great gifts. Anticipate before you come and get prayer. One thing, I want you to just dwell on one thing. How much God loves you. How much he wants to give you the very best of his gifts, of his power, of his presence, of his love, of his mercy, of his compassion. That's what God has for you. All those things is what he wants to give you, impart to you. 